0: I'm reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom all things He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature and He upholds the universe by the word of His power after making purification for sins He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high Jesus thank you that you have spoken to us and have revealed to us the exact nature of God. Thank you, Jesus, that after your revelation, you have gone to the cross to make purification for our sins. But Thank you that it didn't end there, that you were resurrected, and that today you are enthroned in the majesty on high. Jesus but beyond that you have sent us your spirit your Holy Spirit to remind us of the Father of the Son and their present presence today and I pray Jesus as we look at your word and what you said and how you revealed yourself will you speak to every heart afresh so that we can say today Jesus has spoken to me. All the praises, all our affections, all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength are directed at you this morning. We love you, and we say our ears are ready to hear what do you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take your seats. As I said at the start of our morning, we live in a world of extreme complexity and we find it so, so difficult to untether ourselves from that complexity and sometimes just become quiet to deeply think about our faith, what we believe, our relationship with God. Sometimes it just happens in the run of things. Week after week, day after day, weekend after weekend, Sunday gathering after Sunday gathering. And our souls are still thirsty. Our souls are still dry, wanting something. But the message of Jesus is an extremely simple message. It is one of simplicity. It is one of humility. It's one that if we just listen to every word that he said... We drink from the deepest well of life, and we can leave filled, satisfied. We can leave confident. We can leave hopeful, peaceful, believing, joyful. All these things that Jesus has for us. And as we are a faith community that's about following Jesus together, this morning we're just going to be meditating around His words as He revealed Himself to us If you think about the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark, the first one to be written is a Gospel of action. The word immediately comes up so many times. And immediately Jesus did this, and immediately Jesus did that. And we as a church are people of action. We've got to be people of action. Then we see... In the Gospel of Matthew, how he wrote it for a specific audience that needed to understand how the story of Israel and the Hebrew people connected to the Gospel of Christ so that they, the Jews, can come and drink from this wellspring themselves. And then we go to the Gospel of Luke that is written for the Gentiles and and the Roman audience, those that didn't believe in the story of Yahweh up until this point, so that they too can believe who Jesus is. And then we find ourselves in the Gospel of John. That starts within the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and He came and He dwelled among us. And throughout the Gospel of John, there is a the revealing of Christ that is so unique, yet so simple. And throughout the Gospel of John, we find seven signs, seven times that Jesus do miracles recorded by John, but also seven statements that Jesus made about Himself, each one of them starting with the words, I am, to echo God's introduction of Himself to mankind when He said, I am who I am. Seven times He spoke and revealing that He is Yahweh, becoming man, God with us, Emmanuel. And seven times He spoke to reveal to us that He has given us everything we need To live this life. So let's go through the seven I am statements. And we're going to go through them in a way to show you that the first one speaks about the bread. And the last one speaks about the vine. So even the I am statements is captured at the beginning and the end in the story of the cross. About a savior whose blood was given. So that we can be washed clean by a Savior whose flesh was broken. So that we can be made new. The I am statement starts with I am the bread of life and it ends with I am the true vine. And within that, we're going to journey through everything that Jesus said throughout this story. Ending at the table ourselves today to say, Jesus, thank you for your all sufficiency for me. I'm going to read The I am statement, I'm going to give you a minute to read it yourself, to think through it. And then I'm going to light the candle and I'm going to share a few thoughts about them. And we're going to stop at each of the seven. And then we're going to conclude at the table. First I am statement that Jesus said is this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never first. Jesus is not perhaps, he's not saying maybe, he's saying I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, whoever Drinks shall never thirst again. If you think about it, in a couple of hours' time, you're going to feel hungry. I'm already thirsty after singing for the past 15 minutes. It is something that we daily feel, and it is something that Jesus daily wants to bring to us. Him being the bread of life, saying, when you come and you eat around my table, and you understand who I am and what I've done, your soul will be satisfied. It will be deeply satisfied. When you feel in your soul that you're thirsty and life is just running, come to me and you will not thirst again. I am there to feed you everything you need. And this happens right after Jesus has fed 5,000 people. This is where he makes the statement. 5,000 people sitting in front of him, hungry and thirsty, and his disciples running around saying, what shall we do? The people are hungry. And Jesus confidently standing there and saying, when my people gather around me, I am there to supply in their needs. And he takes the bread and the fish, the bread representing the bread, the fish representing the blood, and he starts feeding them. And you know, when Jesus feeds, it never runs out. Because afterwards they collected baskets full of stuff that was left over, and he reminds them that, like with Moses, where you had manna in the wilderness, that wasn't Moses supplying it. It wasn't that Moses ran out every morning and ran around the tent with some people, say, "Let's throw some bread on the floor," and then the people go and pick it. That was from the Father in heaven. And sometimes we look to man to supply in our hunger and our thirst. Be it ourselves, be it someone else, be it hope in a leader, be it hope in a better economy, be it hope in a better system, be it hope in a better marriage, where Jesus said, when you do that, you will remain hungry and thirsty, but I am, I have become, and I've showed it from the beginning, the ever-giving bread of life that takes care of every hunger that your soul will experience. To read that again. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All you have to do is come and believe. Come to him and believe. You will not hunger, and you will not thirst. The second statement that Jesus made is this, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Take a moment to read that again and reflect on that. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When we follow Jesus, we will walk in the light. Maybe if we find ourselves stumbling in the darkness, we've stopped following. Because he says, whoever follows me will walk in the light. In fact, you will have the light of life. Not only will you walk in the light, and you'll see the obstacles that will make you stumble as you follow me, but you yourself will be a light in this world of darkness. We all know and we all have felt the darkness that this world surrounds us by so many times. Just this morning, checking in on one or two people, how are you doing? Oftentimes our confession is, man, it's rough. Because there is a darkness out there. The moment when the fault came in in the beginning, when man said no to God and wanted to have their own desire satisfied and ate from the fruit which God forbid, darkness has come into the scene. And since then there's been this battle between light and darkness. But Jesus said, if you follow me, Whoever follows me will walk in constant light. We will have fellowship with the light. It says in 1 John, we will be children of the light and our lives will carry the light of life. So if you're feeling darkness, follow Jesus. Things aren't clear, follow Jesus. He is the candle that lights the darkness that we might find ourselves in and there is no other light in this world that gives light as he does sometimes we try to fight light in things that makes the moment of darkness a little bit easier we think we find light in 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 creation but we only find light in the creator because he is the light of the world the third and the fourth statement jesus said in one moment together, but we're going to go through them individually. He was speaking about the sheepfold, and he said this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The sheepfold is a place of community where the sheep were together. The sheepfold was a place of safety where the sheep were protected. The sheepfold is a place of feeding and the sheepfold is a place of drinking. And here Jesus said that I am the door into that sheepfold that people become part of this Jesus community of this place of being together and safety and community through me and through me alone, that I am that door, that you enter into this kingdom that I've brought only by me. And it's a simple way to enter. We just come to him. We just say, Jesus, I give my life to you, and I want to be part of the sheepfold where your sheep are living in the green pastures, which you were prophesied about in Psalm 23, which we all can recite and know so well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. But he gives us a promise in this specific I am statement that is beautiful. He says, when you go in and when you go out, you will find pasture. Saying that pasture is within the sheepfold, which is in the community. But when we leave this moment here and we go out by ourselves, we will also find pasture in the world out there that is dry and parched. Because we know our pastor is not in a people, again, it's in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. So whatever you might be walking through, there's pastor available if you come to the door, if you come to Jesus, the one who gives us entry. You see, up until now, we were encouraged to come, we were encouraged to believe, we were encouraged to follow, but here, there's a different invitation. He says, now enter. Step into the pastures that I have for you. Step into it. I will lead you beside still waters, but it's for you to step into receiving those pastures. Whether it's in the sheepfold in a moment like this and this morning, or whether it's out there when you are by yourself. Can we be a people who eat from the pasture of Christ every day? Can we enter? Can we go there? Whether it's with one another or by ourselves, the door is wide open and he says, come into my pasture. And then he speaks this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Read that for a moment and ponder on that. This is the middle statement, the fourth one, right in the middle between the bread and the vine. And this is the only statement that doesn't require an action from us. The previous one says, come, believe, follow, enter, and the following ones that's coming will also have actions that we have to do, but when Jesus was saying this one. He said something profound. He said, I laid down my life for you. This is the moment where he says, I am the lamb slain. I'm the cross. I'm the perfect sacrifice. I am the one that you need for all of this to happen. It's at the center of our story. is the good shepherd who laid down his life. If he never laid down his life, and we're going to go on to the resurrection, and never resurrected from that death, we would not be sitting here celebrating this today. But this is all on his doing. Salvation is a free gift. Being part of the sheepfold and entering is a free gift because there's a good shepherd that has laid down his life. The only thing that we are left doing is to receive that. It's to receive that gift that he has given us in the middle of the story. Fifth statement is this. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me... Though he die, yet shall he live. The shepherd will lay down his life, but he will be resurrected. And Jesus wasn't just speaking about our resurrection. He was speaking about himself. But says, within that found those who come and those who believe in me, though they die physically, they shall live continually and eternally. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't death the greatest fear that every human heart battles? But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though you shall die, you will live. It's a sure promise. It's a beautiful promise because He has taken death upon Him as the Good Shepherd. We can step into the resurrection. And in fact, we will learn later on in, in the text that it says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that worked at His resurrection, is now at work in us. So resurrection life is something we can live in now already. That life that comes. A life that's different than the death road that this world is on. Show me anything in this world that brings life eternally. And if you find it, come and convince me that there is life in that. It's only in Christ Jesus, because he has laid down his life for his sheep, that we too can say, we are ready to face our biggest fear, death. Because on the other side, you are standing with arms wide open to receive us again into life. And not just a life like the one in earth with brokenness and pain and struggle and hardship and strife, but a life that doesn't have any tears, that doesn't have any sickness, that doesn't have any pain, any sorrow. A life that forevermore will be us and Him and community and communion. We get to taste some of that in this world. But He's waiting on the other side, ready to receive us into the fullness of that when he returns. Jesus said, as we continue, that I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are so many ways that we could walk. There are so many truths that we could believe. We can even believe our own truth. There are so many options to the life we choose to live. But Jesus brought an exclusivity into his message. And he said, I am. Me as a person, as you follow me, as you believe, as you come, as you enter, as you believe in me, I am the way. The way is not just a disconnected following of a book or a message or people that's on the road together. The way is the person himself, Jesus Christ. It's in coming to him and knowing him intimately and being one with him that the way happens in our life. Some of us are walking the way in a distance. We know that Jesus is up there and we keep walking. But he said, no, I will be with you. I am the way. Can we live there where we are walking next to him all the way? Because it's in that place when we are close to him that his truth and which he revealed himself and what he speaks through his word and now by his spirit is constantly revealed to us. And it's in that journey that we will discover life. Some of us know about Jesus on the way and we walk on this side of the way for a moment and every now and again like, okay, let me just get back on the way. Jesus, you be up front there. We walk on this side, back on the way. We vacillate between our own way, our own life and our own truth and that which Jesus has brought. But here's an invitation into intimacy, into exclusivity. What would it be like for you, if walking with Jesus every day, fully, wholeheartedly, constantly, continually being aware of Him, can you imagine what your life could be? Can you imagine the life that you will discover? Can you imagine the, 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 the way that you would walk on that maybe your own heart doesn't want to walk on that might lead you to more great things that He has for you? You see, for all of these statements, there's something that Jesus wants to give. And the last one, he carries on this idea of being with him on the way. When he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The vine produces wine. And Jesus gave us a symbol as wine, as a symbol of his blood. And he's saying that pressing, that place of pressing and dying for you, produces something that you can't live life without. Apart from the blood, there's nothing you can do. You can do things, yes but there's nothing you can do that is worthwhile in the journey of following Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches, and you were made to bear fruit. But unless you live in that place of the revelation of what I've done at the cross, and you are constantly and continually abiding there, you will lose out on the life that I have for you question we've got to ask ourselves, are we fruit-bearing or just surviving? Are we saturated or just getting by? Because the vine is constantly giving sap and life and everything to the branches that they need to be fruitful in this life. So I don't know about your story this morning, but I believe that each of these statements are true to all of us this morning, but there might be one or two or three of these that are highlighted to you today. Let's just read them one by one again. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and they will find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, But I am also the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus said, we go back to the beginning where he spoke about the bread of life. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And then he said in John 7:37, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink." The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread Representing his own self. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember each of these seven things that I revealed about myself. Remember that I went to the cross as the good shepherd so that you can have life. And, resurrection and walk with me in an intimate way. Remember to abide in me so that you can be fruitful. Do this in remembrance of me. The communion table is so much more than just thanking Him for salvation. It is eating and experiencing all of life that He has given us. Can we remember that today? Maybe in the remembering, you would realize that I've been walking my own way. I've been stumbling in the darkness. I've been trying to be filled up by stuff that don't fill me up. I've been trying to protect my life from death because that's my biggest fear. And Jesus and all of those things are saying, come and eat. Just come and eat. I went through the brokenness so that you can be whole. I went through the suffering of the cross so that you can be satisfied. And the communion table continued with Jesus and his disciples. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Up until this point, everything else had to pay the price. The scapegoat had to pay the price. The lambs had to pay the price. Sometimes the people in their rebellion against God had to pay the price for the covenant to be continued. But this time around, he says, this is the cup of my new covenant. This is my doing. This is all me. Drink this and receive the free gift of salvation. So as we're remembering today what Jesus has done, take a moment to think about all that he has revealed himself to be. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and ask Him to highlight one of these seven statements. And all you then do is you say thank you. All you do is you come, you believe, you follow, you enter, you believe again. You come to Him who has done it all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the simplicity of your words. Well, thank you that I don't even feel the pressure to try and preach up a message this morning because your words are sufficient thank you for the bread and the cup that encapsulates Lord the full revealing of who you are and in the middle of the story Jesus that you have paid the price that you have laid down your life so that we your sheep can enter into the resurrection and the life that you have for us Spirit of God, I pray that you would minister to your people this morning as we partake in communion. That you would speak to each one of us in a profound way. We trust you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. I want you to go to the communion tables and I want you to take personal communion this morning. At the end of the service, we're going to take a moment to pray for one another and pray together, but I want you to find the elements. Go back to your seat. And in the same way that we reflected in solitude and in quietness, I want you to reflect and remember Jesus. But not just what He's done on the cross. Remember the full story of how He revealed Himself. And if there's anything the Holy Spirit shows you where you've got to come back in line, where you have maybe blown out the candle of the understanding of where it has let Him come, And light that candle again so that you can leave here with the full spread of his banquet that he has for us. We've got communion over there. We'll have some of the elements there. The front there and the side there. You can go wherever it's comfortable for you. Let's give each other the space to have communion by ourselves. Let's not fall into talking and interacting. The band is going to play and after a while we'll start singing again. But this is an opportunity for you to remember Jesus in the communion. You guys can go ahead. kingdom has come and we will not wait until that moment that we are fully in his presence before we will live there and his kingdom has come through Jesus saying I am the bread of life I am the true light I am the light of the world I am the door that you can enter through I am the good shepherd who laid down his life for you I am the resurrection and the life I am the way the truth and the life and I am true vine and you are the branches. What I want you to do is take a moment to turn to your family next to you and tell them which of these seven statements today really has impacted you and why. And then take a moment to pray for one another in accordance to that. Maybe you want to say that, you know what, I really battle, feel like I'm always walking in darkness. Then pray that the light of Jesus will shine on your heart maybe you want to say that yes I do fear death pray that the hope of the resurrection will be upon those maybe you want to say that you know what I'm trying to produce fruit out of my own strength and out of my own striving pray for one another that you would be abiding in Him who is the one that makes us fruit bearing so let's share with one another for the next five minutes what is the statement that stood out to you why and let's pray for one another as the sheep the community, the body of Christ together this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that the feast of who you are is available to us 24-7. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we could gather this morning around you. And thank you that we can leave here this morning around you and that you're with us all the way, that we can abide in you. I pray that for my friends this morning, Lord. May what you spoke to them about today, Father, be true in their walk with you and their lives, Lord. May all of these seven things... Mark our lives this week as we follow Jesus, we follow after you. And the church says, Amen. Amen.